Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny Brothers and I'm here to look ahead to the Cobblers trip to Cheltenham Town on Saturday afternoon. To help me do that, please welcome to the preview show Cheltenham Town's Her Game 2 ambassador and Robins fan, Kelly Selby. How are you doing, Kelly? Hi, Dan. I'm good, thanks. Good, good. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for Thank coming you. on. Um, um, like I said before in the intro, you are the ambassador for Her Game 2 for Cheltenham. Can you just tell us a little bit about, firstly, becoming a Cheltenham Fat Town fan in the first place? And secondly, about your involvement with Her Game 2 and how it's come together like, like that for you? Yeah, so firstly, um, I was brought up a Villa fan by my dad. So, okay. you know, I was Claret and Blue up until sort of like... I'd started having kids with my, well, now ex-husband, and he was a massive Cheltenham fan, like following from the 80s. And um, so we took our eldest, it was, um, to one game. It was Burton, I think. And yeah, from then, I haven't stopped going. So I fell in love with Wadden Road and... The, str- the dream is still going. <laughs> <laughs> no, so what, what kind of um, what kind of years are we, t- are we talking about here? Are in Cheltenham in the non-league and League 2 era? or where um, This is, to, so I was looking at Facebook memories the other day. It was 2010-11. Okay, yes. So that is, we were still in the league then, weren't we? Yeah. Yes, yeah, but I think so. I, I have a really bad memory as well, so just bear <laughs> with me. <laughs> so good um that's a good start so had you been to villa park before as a villa fan like grown as villa fan yeah so yeah my dad had taken me a couple of times and yeah i'd gone myself so you've experienced the this kind of premier league top level football and then you're suddenly going down i say down it's not really down is it it's you know it's it's different what what were your first kind of thoughts when you walked into Wadden Road? What yeah, and how long did it take you to get used to it? And how long did it take you to fall in love with what was, I assume, then League Two football potentially at that point? Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, we wow, I just sort of my first one was like, oh crikey, it's small. <laughs> you know, looks can be deceiving, but it is small compared to Villa Park. It's tiny, um, and we actually that game were in the paddock. So we were standing as well. So it felt very old school, you know, like you're at a, a smaller a smaller club like a Evesham United or Pershaw Town or something. And um, but for me, it was just the atmosphere and the fans. And I was just looking around, going, "It's really lush." Like the um, everyone was friendly, you know, everyone was welcoming, and. 
I think we drew one all that game. So I wasn't put off. We They didn't get battered. And then we just kept going. Just kept going and going. And at Wadden Road as well, you're really close to the pitch as well, aren't you? So there's a completely different world to... Super close. It's yeah. brilliant. And it's great because for the kids as well, because I've got three kids and they've all been to Wadden Road and two of them still go now, my middle and my youngest, who my youngest is obsessed with Cheltenham, like through and through he doesn't care he doesn't support Premier League side he is Cheltenham through and through and he knows all the players and they know him and they just so they're just so lovely they're so fan orientated that it's just great and you can't get that close to a Premier League. So how did your involvement with Cheltenham evolve into your involvement with her game too as the ambassador for that how, how did that come about? So first of all, like I was just a supporter and then I started doing a bit of work on the turnstiles, um, you know, just a little bit of extra income as well. And, you know, I got into games free. Um, so that I got to see and know a lot of people around the ground. Um, I know um, David Blocks, I'm the chairman, because before he was chairman, he was very involved behind the scenes as well. Um, and this her game two opportunity only came up a matter of months ago um and honestly I hadn't heard of them first of all and but then I did a bit of research and I was just like you know what I'm going to go for this I'm really passionate sort of like about having that opinion that you know you're not going to get trodden on you're not going to be told that you can't have an opinion because you're a girl or you know you know nothing about football and so I just threw in my application um I think it was with Kaz or Eve there were a few other girls as well um luckily I was chosen the chosen one and um from there I've just started to just put the face around the ground so they know who the Her Game 2 ambassador is um also just putting it out on social media as well and I'm quite involved as well with the ladies team which is great because they're just a brilliant bunch of girls as well so and I now have two advocates as well in um Taz and Mary amazing so good and you said you've got kids yourselves how important is that to you to be translating everything that her games to stands for to them as well well for me I've got a daughter as well as two sons so for me I want to show her that you can you know, go to football grounds or you can go and sit with your friends and talk about football. And it doesn't matter if you don't know a lot or if you think, you know, they, you might get the mickey taken out of you. Um, you've always got, as long as you've got it in your heart and what you're talking about is what you feel right, then, you know, you can do whatever. So, and I love sort of like empowering younger girls as well because when I was growing up I didn't have any of this you know I played football right up until high school and um, we'd won like the Witchhaven Cup and things like that but then there was nothing for us after so it was just like a cut off so now her game too is just evolving all of that as well is trying to stamp out sexism and misogyny. Mm, Yes fantastic movement so so good to see it thriving so well um over the past couple of years so where do you see it growing to in terms of Cheltenham is it is there more that you want to do with it absolutely um it's it's very slow at the moment but um I'm hoping to talk more to the board and more to the like the SLO um and just work all together to make it such a great 
um, and safe environment at Wadden Road for females. You know, we've got the um, hotline to report anything. All the posters are up around. If you want to do it online, you scan the QR code or, you know, I'm there as well all the time. So every home and away match. Yeah, it's amazing stuff. So yeah, keep doing what you're doing. It's fantastic work and definitely try and get hold of Heidi if you can, if she comes down on Saturday um, afternoon. Um, coming on to the game, then, is it, there is a bit of history between us um, now that's starting to kind of, you know where I'm going with this and it's not going to end well for <sighs> you don't. with this conversation, but I will try and steer it in a happier direction for you as well. I hate you already. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> Two playoff, not just one, and this is really rare for us, two playoff semi-final wins for us over the last few years. Mm. Were you at both of them or was the first one just before your Just before. um, I was at the second one and I was so embarrassed and ashamed because, all right, I was going in a bit cocky, you know, (laughs) who wouldn't? And it was just like, what have we done? What is actually happening on the pitch? for us to have just thrown it all away. But then in the long run, it worked out great for us because the next season we were champions. Mm. That's, that's so what I was going to go to at the end. Yeah, yeah, that's going to go to that at the end. <laughs> I'm just but, going straight there. I'm going to the happy thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm going to linger on it a bit longer because we don't often get that's to do right. that. Um, go on, obviously, then. the one in uh, 2013, it was very very different we'd won the first leg 1-0 we came and won the second leg 1-0 I think we've saved a penalty in there as well a lot more straightforward than the lockdown one obviously all sorts of stuff going on with the lockdown anyway so not being able to go there like for us for the home game and the away game um just that sense of hope hope that helplessness that we that we had like not being able to to go and I think by the time the first leg had finished I was just sat there so relaxed because I thought there's no way we're turning this around you know we'd finish seventh it's whatever happens happens and then as soon as we mm. score that first goal we're thinking actually we we can do this like how how was it for you as a Cheltenham fan watching and just not having being able to have any impact and do you think fans in the ground on that night would have made a, a big difference in terms of the result absolutely 100 percent. I think for us our fans are a massive part of how we play um and I just think having that empty stadium it's very echoey so you know you can hear everything you can hear a pin drop I've been in that stadium when it's empty and so for that it just took away I think our performance as well you can't just say like it was down to having no fans because obviously the performance was shocking yeah but like I said in the long run it's actually worked out really well for you because Michael Duff, I think I said after the game, after them playoffs, Michael Duff actually came across really well, I thought, in the interviews afterwards and how he congratulated us and how he set his team up and how he brought you from what would have been like a mid-table expectation, I'd say, to to finishing fourth and to finishing almost at Wembley and almost taking you up that time. To then come back the year later and to do it all again shows a lot of character in itself, but not only Absolutely. to do that, but to go and win to go and win the league is an incredible achievement in how does that rank in terms of all-time Cheltenham managers and achievements for you to go and win that league the, the next season? He's definitely up there, you know, um, for what he did for Cheltenham as a manager was sometimes I'm, I, I am lost for words. I mean, you only have to look at the Man City match as well. He was just incredible. Because I see him now sort of like, you know, 
he's at Swansea now and he's getting a lot, a lot of backlash um, because they're not getting the performances. But we didn't get the performances instantly. He worked, he, you know, he moulded what he wanted. And from that, it evolved. And we're forever thankful for it. Yeah, it's just he's such a good manager. The stuff he did with Barnsley as well. Um mm. jump going underestimate as well. He just seems like a really good guy as well, from what we could tell. And is, is really that the good. way he came across to you? Yeah. Yeah, because we still see him, like his family still live in Cheltenham. So he'll come back up and um yeah, we've seen him out and about and he'll chat to us. Um obviously my other half works at the club, so he knew him anyway. But yeah, he didn't know me from Adam, but yeah, he's just really lovely, you know, just a really good bloke. So tell us about your time in League One since then. Just we've got, you've gone, uh, gone up obviously as champions in what was pretty much an entire COVID season, I think, wasn't yeah. it? Was that? And, it and was. how was that as well? Like, how was winning the league and not, like, how did you celebrate? How could you celebrate that? Well, I did it. I know a, a few of the fans obviously were outside the ground and those scenes were incredible. <laughs> you know, Michael Duff dancing, you know, the team just sort of like having a whale of a time. Um, just looking on social media and, you know, the fans' reactions all over social media was brilliant. And it was gut-wrenching not to be there because what a party that would have been. Um, so, but it was good that we built on it for the next season and, you know, we stayed up, we fought and I believe it was our highest ever finish in League One. Mm. Yeah, and that, that's fantastic. You, until you look into it, you don't realise how big an achievement that is for a club. You kind of think mm. our team goes up and, and stays up. They're champions of the league before. You don't really take much notice of it. But when you look into it, highest ever league position I think you finished what 17th and 19th last time you were in yeah. league one um before going back down again I mean are you in your eyes and in fans eyes still punching above your weight or do you feel like you've got a home in league one now and absolutely you, just, you belong there yeah no um I we are one of the smallest budget clubs in league one if not the smallest budget and um we are punching I mean, it's already shown at the start of this season, we're struggling. Wade's doing his best. You know, I've, you know, I've got no qualms with Wade, but money needs to be invested if we're going to stay there for the foreseeable. Otherwise, whether it be this season or the future seasons, we are going to be going back down to League Two. Is that um, investment anywhere near? Is there any signs of anything like that at the moment? Not that I've heard of, um, you know, I've got a few people that I know within the club, there's nothing buzzing about investments. Um, yeah, we've got no com- magic money coming from anywhere. So it's going to be, it's going to be a struggle then this season. And, and I guess from, from the outset, you know that, and our manager has been quite clear as well, that our budget is quite, is on the low side in terms of, you know, comparing it to the rest of the league, but how confident are you in your players and in your staff to actually go into games thinking you're on the level and you can compete and it's it could be a relegation battle but how confident are you that you can stay up if the players we've got in the summer transfer and the backroom staff can really sort of like get a good grip on all of this then I don't know maybe we'll just be hovering but that's me being very optimistic. Um, likelihood is we'll probably go down. But 
you know, we've got these players coming in and, I mean, with Lucci from, oh, where was he from? Fulham. Started last week. Sensational. If we can get a couple of more players like that or the players that we've signed start showing ability like that, then, you know, I think we may be able to stay up. Um, this is Luciano Dioria Henry. Is that right? Is that how you say it? Yeah, I'm so glad you said yeah, it. They say, Luci- <laughs> say Luci. I was like, I'm going to have to full name him because that's, that's Luci. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that, that's, um, that's a great name. Yeah, his mates were at Portsmouth last week and they were buzzing. They were really going for it. So we were sat by them and they were hilarious. So that's how I know just to say Lucci because it's Lucci. just like all oh, they were calling him. So I'm just down with the light crew now. <laughs> he's he's on loan from Fulham, right? Back. He is. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. It's cool. Um, so some of your other transfers in over the summer there will start... Um, we we talked about him just before we started recording, <laughs> so we'll see how you how we react now. Curtis Davis is one that is quite eye opening to fans from the outside. I thought, wow, that's a that's a quality signing from Derby. The experience there, when you haven't got a budget as high as everyone else in the league, to bring in characters like that, mm. it seems like on paper at least that that is a, a good signing. How has he settled in? How is he doing so far? Um, <laughs> honestly, he. <laughs> I'm going to sound so awful. Um, I'm not rating him. He looks slow. He looks almost past it. Like he's 38 and, you know, there are so many young players. He just, he looks lost almost. And it's a real shame because you like on paper, what a cracking signing. What a great experienced player. You know, he played for Villa as well, you know, so I've got a bit of love for him. He's got highest level he's played at, hasn't he? Yeah. So um, maybe it's just he needs to find his foot in within the squad and just see how that goes. Um, I just don't want it to be one of those signings you look back on and go, maybe we shouldn't have because Mm. of the age thing. Yeah, early days, I guess. But he, was he, he was playing in League One last season, I want to say. He must have been. Derby, yeah, Derby. So. Yeah, so so either way, you would think he's got that. But whether it's just say, it takes some time to get used to maybe more attacks coming towards him than, than he had before. Yeah, um, that's the thing. <laughs> Jamie Pardington uh, in goal, goalkeeper Luke Southwood as well. Which one of those is your number one, Pardington? Or? Luke is our number one and Max Harris is our number two. Okay, so Partington is number three, is he? Is he coming from? Has gone out on loan to Churro, I believe. Okay. So I think like they want him to get the experience in more match time. Yeah. So, but Luke, I was nearly in tears when we signed him for this season. <laughs> I honestly thought because we had a conversation with him at the end of last season, and he said, oh, "You mm. never know. We'll have to see." This was this was after he spent a season on loan with you last season. On loan right? last season, yeah. yeah. Um, and my youngest, who is a goalkeeper, he's thirteen. He actually is coached by Max Harris. Was like, oh Luke, please come back, please come back. And he's like, well, you never know, we'll see. And he said something, and I can't remember what he exactly said, but it just made me feel like maybe he's going to sign for us. So I had that hope, but then I was like, do you know what? He's a decent keeper. He shouldn't be playing in league when he's a championship keeper. All day long. He is quality. He's uh, permanent now. Permanent deal. 
for a year. So yeah, good to have him in between the stick. Uh, Curtis Thompson as well. One of the Thompsons that Stevenage didn't manage to sign, Curtis Thompson from Wickham. Yeah. How's he doing so far? Um, he's just not match fit at the moment. I'm like, you know, he's come back from that injury. Um, so hoping that once he gets that match fitness, he'll, you know, look better with every game. So he didn't look too bad last week. He did look a bit better. So hopefully with more match time, he'll get there. Good stuff. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll, we'll talk more about your players um, after the break. Uh, we'll be back in a sec. Welcome back. Still here with Kelly from Cheltenham. Uh, Kelly, we were talking about your incomings uh, before the break. Probably the, the, the more headline-making transfers were outgoings for Cheltenham this, this season. Most of all, Alfie May going to Cheltenham. Was that expected for you? Um, it was definitely expected that he was going where we mm-hmm. weren't sure. Um, there was that known now gentleman's agreement between mm-hmm. him and Cheltenham that if he could just stay till the summer, he could then leave. Okay. I don't think we got a lot for him. There have been a lot of rumours flying about about prices and stuff. But the figure I heard isn't what people are saying. Okay. It undisclosed is is comes up quite a lot. Yeah. It's that, that, that age old classic <laughs> undisclosed fee. Absolutely. Um, but does that frustrate you as fans, like not knowing if you can go out and spend money or, or is it is it is literally all of that money just going to keep the club going again for another season? I would say it's gonna just keep something balanced. Like I said, it wasn't a lot of money, you know. Mm. Um so maybe it just pays someone's wages or something for the season but it's yeah maybe it just covers keener for the season I don't know mm. and, and how are you as fans with that with that are you, are you okay with that and your understanding as a fan base uh, that that's the case or would you rather them just go and say like let's have a go let's go and replace him properly but where, well, where um, with Alfie, we were, we already had that replacement in Aidan Keener. He was our record mm-hmm. signing to replace Alfie. So, um, and towards the end of last season, he was doing brilliant. He hasn't started too incredibly so far this first few games. So I'm just hoping he'll, you know, Alfie didn't start great last season. So hopefully Aidan will find his foot in and and, you know, start firing some goals in for us because Lord knows mm. we need one. <laughs> yeah, I was just coming on to that. <laughs> but no goals. Um, I mean, is it as straightforward? Because were, were May and Keener at the end of the season, were they playing together? Or is it just a simple fact that the 20 goals is gone, you haven't scored? Is it that, am I being too simplistic that Alfie May's gone? No, I think they did play a couple scoring? of, yeah, no, sorry. They did play a couple mm. together um, from what I can remember. Honestly, I have a memory like a goldfish. I've got things written all around me just so I can remember. Um, so <laughs> some Cheltenham fans are going to be recoiling in horror in their seats when they hear this. Um, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'll just, I'll just tell the truth. Um, but um, he's a hard act to replace. That's the thing. He, on and off the pitch, you know, mm. he was a great guy, Alfie May. So um, let's just hope Keener finds some form and, uh, yeah, hits that back of the net. Yeah, you just, you need it, don't you? Like as I say, no goals without no, no goals, no goals in five. Is it five in all competitions this season? 
Yeah, I think we're the only team in the EFL not to have scored a goal. And that that straight away, Cobblers fans listening to this will be, an, if they're anything like me, thinking that's got to end sometime. <laughs> Are you? And but when it's your own team, it just feels like it's going to go on forever. When it's the team you're about to play, it feels like you're going to win like three nil now and just find mm. them all. Is it? Has there been any kind of sense that it's coming? Um, Portsmouth last week. Mm. Honestly, we were like a different team. Um, we were really unlucky not to get a goal. We had chances, you know, they were coming. So, yeah, it's going to come this weekend. I have faith in the boys. <laughs> I've got to talk about that Portsmouth game as well. Were you there? I was, oh, yeah. Yeah. And what, when, because obviously people don't know, the linesman went down injured. The fourth official then comes on, gets injured himself. I think, is it the one that replaced the injured one got injured? Or, yeah, or I think it was. Because yeah. there was a rumour going around, it was the ref. And <laughs> Tom Bradbury came over to speak to his dad. And this was the first that we knew. Because all yeah. we could see was just a mass of players. And then the Cheltenham players going down the tunnel. So Tom had come over to his dad and said, look, we've got to find a, a replacement because <laughs> the other one's gone down. And we all just started like cracking, <laughs> laughing, going, this, this could only happen to us. Yeah. <laughs> like, as Cheltenham, this this is us, you know. So the call goes out and then you see this bloke come down from the Portsmouth stand and you're like, <laughs> go home, don't, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it was, I believe, Sean Long that said, look, we want him mm-hmm. on the attacking side for us um, because just in case of any, you know, controversial decisions, mm. you don't want him not flagging a Portsmouth player offside. And then they score a goal. Yeah. So, but he was brilliant. It's like Wade said, he was probably the best official we've had all season. Yeah. He was amazing. loving like, it. Yeah. We were talking about it on our League One podcast for our patrons. And it's, it's that I kind of asked the question of whether if it was us, would, would, would we feel like any like little inkling of like, no matter how hard you tried to, to like give something in your team's favour, it would be so hard for me to do. I don't know if I could do it. No, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> I'm one of these. I was a mum that like ran the line at my son's match, and you know, mm. I soon told the ref that you know that wasn't a goal, and yeah. they were like, "What? Like, what? What rules do you know?" And I went, "Well, I know that my son had his hands on that ball, so it's not a goal. He kicked it out of his hands. So, yeah, um, <laughs> that didn't go down too well. Um, but no. yeah, I don't think I could do a big match like that. So, and to have an actual official there with the qualifications, yeah, fair play to him." Yeah, you can't just bag a Sunday league ref, can you? No, that's true. <laughs> true, but but bizarre situations. But a good point for you last weekend. Like they come away with it from a draw at Portsmouth mm. any day of the week. You, grab, you, t- you snap people's hands off for, don't you? And well, yeah. Like, so, did you see the attacking intent that you wanted to see in that game as well, as well as the Absolutely. strong defensive unit? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, defensive wise, like. I have got so much love for Lewis Freestone. Um, he is just a player that doesn't get enough credit for me. Um, he is just in it all the time, just 110%. Um, so for me, he like was there again last week. And, you know, he's he's that tall chap that you can look at in the box if you're popping a corner in. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so... 
in terms of the rest of your players as well, I was going to talk about James Olienko. Realised he's injured now. He was on loan with us a couple of years ago. Didn't touch the ball pretty much because Keith Curl just played it over the top of him. Mm. <laughs> but I assume he's getting a little bit more touches. Not at the moment, obviously. Wishing well, but um, mm. how's he doing for you? And how long? Yeah, is he, he looked decent to? enough for us, and you know he he was doing what he needed to do and you know with the players that we've brought in hopefully when he comes back and he's match fit it'll all just gel together yeah so he seemed like he had something for sure like when he did get a rare touch of the ball he did he seemed like he's got something completely different to yeah to anybody absolutely. else on the he's got those skills he's definitely like because again at Cheltenham you're up close and you can really see and you know he's a couple of times just gone through and played some nice little footwork um so yeah he's definitely positive on that front mm, i can imagine league one is getting a little bit more of that kind of space to do that as well yeah whereas league two it's quite a bit more up and out a minute um mm, just uh, lob it and go just lob it and go <laughs> they're still looking to do some business in in january for you yeah um i i, I hope so um i know we've got a couple of more hoping to come in before the end of the window, um, Owen Bevan um, and a mystery midfielder that's okay. been um, put online um, from John Palmer, who's the local sports reporter around here. How he gets his info, I would love to know. <laughs> but he's got a magic person somewhere where it leaks it all to him. So, so a potential mystery midfielder coming in for Saturday, do we think? Yeah, I mean, I've just before I came on, I'll have another look now, but I've not seen anything. I don't think there's been any news today, but maybe by the weekend there might be the the mm. uh, investigation might be concluded, and we might have that new yeah. midfielder for you. Um, yeah. So expectations wise, this season, just just to stay up, just to stay up would be brilliant. I mm. think um, I've got no desire to go to Forest Green anytime soon. So um, to stay <laughs> up <laughs> away from them would be great. Yeah, is that? I see a lot of Cheltenham fans actually. Um, Talk about Forest Green and that. Is that, I mean, I, I don't want to call it a derby because I'm sure you don't call it a derby because of how new they are to the scene. A similar kind of vibe to any non-league team who just comes up and has a couple mm. of seasons in the sun and goes back down again. Is that, where does that hatred come from? Is it literally just a case of the, the locality of it? Yeah, um, you know, they are, the. I think, the nearest team to us. Like, it's like a 40-minute jaunt down the M5. So, um, yeah, and I think it's just Dale Vince. Nobody likes Dale Vince. <laughs> like, the bloke is an absolute mouth. <laughs> heard it here first. Um, oh <laughs> it's actually my brother. It's, um, it's not. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> yeah. Not the first time I've heard that one. Uh, <laughs> we'll move swiftly on. Vegan. Uh, is vegan or. Um, oh, so Frankie times. Boyle. Thank you, Boyle. That's the one. Thank you. Um, that's the usual. Um, anyway, Wade, <laughs> Wade Elliott um, joined 2020 as a coach. Is mm. like, um, obviously followed on from, from Michael Duff. Done well again. Kept you in the league last season. Probably a little bit under the radar in terms of where other managers are in League One. In terms of what an achievement it was to keep you up, not just keep you up, but to take you to that highest ever league finish that like we talked about earlier. Um, yeah, is this kind of a new 
thing for you for Cheltenham to be going for young up and coming coaches? Is this like a new blueprint that's been talked about at the top and talked about in interviews? I can't really say. I've not heard a lot. But for me, I mean, it's good that we're giving Wade the chance because he's not just somebody that has no experience. You know, he's a, been a top player. Um, you know, he's played at a decent level. Um, and, you know, he's worked under Michael Duff for, what was it, the season and bet. Um, so does he show that he lacks occasionally? Yes. Um, but I think that's an experience thing. Whether or not the board will put more trust into him, I don't know. Um, I guess we'll see come December where we are. Yeah, those holes you talk about, what are they? What are they at the moment? What are you seeing? It's not quite there. Um, sometimes he, he comes across to the fans, especially in interviews. Um, just like there's... It's that extra thing, you know, some managers have. You know, Michael Duff had the magic. You know, even Gary Johnson had a little bit. Um, <laughs> don't don't even... No. <laughs> no. After he left. But, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. let, we'll, just, we'll just move that. But, you know, sort of like, because Gary Johnson had the experience, you know, he knew yeah. what he was doing. Um, Michael Duff. Maybe it's just he needs... Type that I, I, I'm trying to think what it is that I want from him. Mm. But because you can see him on the sideline, he's going, he's going at the players. Mm. Um, but maybe it's, he needs experience in the backroom staff as well. Mm. Um, I know um, it's been a bit of a kerfuffle with our backroom staff because of um, Shrewsbury nicking them all, but <laughs> <laughs> um I just can't, do you know what? I can't think of the word and it's really going to bug me and it'll be after this, it'll come to me and I'll be like, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. But um, but more that he potentially needs a little bit of support and experience around him, do you think, at the moment? Yeah, I think he, he still needs that little bit of nurturing. Maybe mm-hmm. it was a step too soon. Maybe he just needed a couple of more years as an assistant. Yeah, but I mean, it's quite... It's quite a difficult first job to go into, I would have thought as well. He was, what, Stoke under-21s manager before you. Like, to go straight into a club that has to be not only competing, but, like, staying up in League One against clubs that... More and more clubs coming down from the Championship with major budgets, like we're studying. It's it's so difficult to go up and compete with that financially. And like you said earlier, it's so hard to do. And to come in to, to manage a team like that, it's quite it's quite a bold step for your first manager job, I think. Absolutely. Um, it's. I think it was almost a bizarre appointment, but because we don't have the money to attract managers, maybe it was just the easiest option. I know we didn't have a lot of people throwing their names into the hat when Duff left. So... Maybe it was the lesser of the evils. Mm. Yeah, so carrying on, carrying on that work. Um, look, so it sounds like things are starting to get on the up. It sounds like you're going to score a goal at the weekend. But if you, you, you I know you're <laughs> never going to do this, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't ever put yourself in this position to, to give this team talk. But if you were giving the team talk for the Cobblers this weekend, how would you say go and beat Cheltenham this weekend? What's the blueprint to do it? Do you know what? Just keep pull, pulling the pressure on. 
mm-hmm. put it to them, go to them. The frustrating thing about Chantham that I see is we back away. Okay. And a lot of teams, when they press and they really come at us, that's when we seem to lose it. Mm. So just keep piling on the pressure and a goal will probably come. Let's hope so. <laughs> Let's hope so. Um, so. In terms of your, we'll come on to predictions later, but in terms of a general sort of expectation, when you look at the fixture list, are you seeing Northampton as three points it's got to be? And especially now? Yeah, it's got to be three points. Absolutely. Um, I t- that's harsh. But if we can build on the performances from Portsmouth, um, even Reading, we we shone a little bit of a better light than Bolton when we got battered. But um, I definitely could see us stealing a cheeky goal and three points. Stuff as sorry, we'll, we'll come. We'll come to actual predictions in a second. But Cobblers fans traveling on Saturday, where where should they eat? Where should they drink? Where should they go? Because I think before last time I went, there was a clubhouse on like it's literally on the ground, isn't there? That away fans yeah, are allowed I into. Mean, Is that still the case? Yeah, away fans are still allowed in, but it, it gets busy very quickly. You know, you get the regulars in there that get the tables and stuff. So there isn't really seating in there. Um, so what's great now is that we've got the bowling club next door that have now said will be an away zone. So for mm-hmm. away fans to congregate, so you can all just chat about the game beforehand. And it's right next door to the Hazelwood yes. entrance where you guys go in, um, which is brilliant. Other than that, you've got a 10-15 well, minute walk into town and you've got the usual, you've got the uh, Weatherspoons, Miller, um, Spectre. You've got like different eateries. Um, the ground food has shot up. It's beautiful. Nice. Like, I always have food there now. So um, within the ground, we've got options? these new caterers. Yeah. Uh, maybe chips. It's a bit chipsy. There must be. <laughs> There's got to be. I'm always. Like, I don't know. I you, just go you, straight. You're going to go completely anti it, and it's just meat and steak and like a cow out the back, just because you want to <laughs> stick it to tailpins. Fresh steak. Um, no, I just always go for the barbecue pulled pork fries. So. <laughs> I don't even look. I'm like, yeah. Um, you, so yeah, the food good. Sorry. Uh, so when you say bowling club next to the ground, this is this is bowls rather than temping bowling, is it? Because that yes, got me excited. Yes, bowls. So if you fancy oh, handed bowls, shame. I'm sure they'll play. Yeah. But um... <laughs> will they accept a challenge from like a team of I don't know how many team members are in the bowls team? Would they accept a challenge from Cobblers fans if they a little bit of bowls going on? Why not? Yeah. I don't they would. Oh, Why not? Lay yeah, it down to him. Let's see. Let's see yeah, what the we'll old get... <laughs> they are a bit okay. older there. So um yeah. They might show you up though, so then you could be losing to bowls and to us and then really there leaving and crying. That'll be double the yeah, we don't want that, do we? But we'll see. We'll see. If there's any any cobblers fans that are, g- are good bowlers. Is that the word? Bowler. Yeah. Bowls. Good at bowls. Yeah, get get in touch. We'll get a team together. We'll, we'll take them on. Um, but um, we're coming way off course. Um, predictions <laughs> totally. for the game. You, th- you said you, you expect it. It's it's one that you really target in to win. But have you got a score prediction that you would give before this one? Oh, I'd be happy with one now. 
just a goal, please, anywhere in the world of football, just give us a bloody goal. <laughs> yeah, it's one of them I'm positions. I'm on my knees begging. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of them positions we've been in it before as well, where you just let like, anything off someone's ass, off, you know, an own goal, anything, just, you just Honestly, yeah. Um, a loopy own goal that has happened to us. I mean, that was heartbreaking at Reading because we'd have had a draw then. Um, that loopy own goal. We'll take one of them. Is it one of them? Okay, good stuff. I think... So you're going for 1-0 as your prediction? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to go. I think you'll score. I do think you'll score as well. I'm going to go I'm going to go 2-2, I think. I come away with a okay. point. And I think you're going to get a couple. And I think you're going to be off the mark. Um, and you might be too too high and too celebrating on them goals that we'll just nick in and get, grab to, get <laughs> two back. Because you're, so, you're so shocked at scoring. <laughs> Block when it could be bouncing and they'll be like, what, 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 what? So... <laughs> what just happened yeah. perfect Kelly thank you so much for joining us so, such a pleasure to talk with you and thank you for all your, all your opinions and thoughts on Cheltenham um, all the best for the season anything that you want to plug vote for her game too the, F- is it the FCA is that you're up for you're, you're going yes. for you're trying to yeah yeah, yeah I think we're, so yes. yeah we, we were there we were there last season when you won the award the, I think the exact same award um, fantastic scenes there from you mm. so yeah do, do get voting for her game too as well as uh, cobblers to me of course so um, listen back for the podcast on Tuesday for information on that um, but Kelly thank you so much um, on social media I am yeah I've got my own social media but also her game to Cheltenham that's on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. Whatever it's called, yeah. And we've also got the Chatham Town Ladies Supporters Club on Facebook. Perfect. Thanks so much. And, and yeah, genuinely all the best for the season. I do hope that goal comes soon, but not on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Danny. <laughs> so, and um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening as well. Uh, Patrons, your From the Vaults blog is out now. And everyone else, your match preview is also up on cobblerstome.com right now as well. Don't forget, NTFC women face Stoke City in the League Cup determining round on Sunday at two o'clock at Fernie Fields. So do go and check that out as well. Uh, our NTFC women's show is also out now with joint managers, Josh Oldfield and Liam Williams that we released at the weekend. Uh, great insight into the team's preparations for the season. Uh, and we go through all the, the the fallout from the 2-1 win over that blue lot from down the road as well on Tuesday's pod for the women. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday with our reaction to this one and to that game for NTFC women. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.